Where is Djibouti? Where is Djibouti? <laughs> and yeah. we'll take that the wrong way. <laughs> Turn left, go straight. You know, who has desert mountains? They don't even have sand. Turn right, straight. Probably 34,000 are from South Korea and the other thousand are CIA. <laughs> Uh, welcome to Eight Minutes on High. Today is Saturday. Uh, this is Saturday the thirteenth. You know what that means? Uh, no. Tomorrow will be Sunday the fourteenth. Okay. It's it's April. Yeah. And I'm Max. And I'm Zach. I know the fifteenth is a a big day in everybody's life. Yeah, that's that's Monday. Well, it's and, also tax day. Uh, and you know what else it is? What? It's Kim Jong Il's son's father's grandfather's birthday. Oh well, okay. Now I know I didn't know that. <laughs> well, they think it's significant because he may launch a missile on that day to prove that he has a missile. I guess. I don't know if they have a great desire to be a parking lot. I guess he might. <laughs> well. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to start about sports, but as long as I... I, I you did it, not me. I did By it, By the yeah, way, I'm Zach. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. Um, what do you think about this crazy man? I don't know. I think him and Rodman deserve each other. Uh, you saw the thing about Rodman, right? I did, yes. And I heard somebody saying today, oh, it was on the NewYorker.com, uh, on their one of their podcasts, uh, I think it was the comment section, that... Uh, they were saying maybe uh, that that they're showing Kim Jong Un. I can't say it. It doesn't have a flow Just say to me. Un, Un uh, is is showing this all over North Korea as a way to make himself look human. With or, or, Dennis Rodman. With Dennis Rodman. A way to or, make yourself look human. <laughs> it's all by comparison, I guess. <laughs> For those who don't think... know, uh, Dennis Rodman visited North Korea. And uh, as part of a basketball thing, and he got to meet uh, Un, and he thinks he's a really interesting, nice guy. Yeah, he actually said that. I would think, it, you know, well, I, I, I was going to say if I was as short as Kim Jong-un, I might be as short as Kim Jong-un. And then again, I might be taller. But either way, Dennis Rodman is going to make me look short. Oh, yeah. On the other hand, there's a good chance Dennis Rodman's going to make me look smart. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a good chance. <laughs> and possibly same. So, so you, th you uh, think there's a chance that he'll do something on the 13th, 14th, 14th because it's his great-grandfather's birthday or something? The 15th, 15th. because Kim, Kim Il-sung's birthday, which is his grandfather, uh, was born on the 15th. And, uh, and because the way they said it uh, on The New Yorker was because... Uh, he he's he's said he's going to do something, so he's sort of got to do something. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that would be unfortunate because we don't need another war. War is bad. I think we've come to that conclusion. <laughs> I think we have, and I think it's really, uh, you know. I mean, Seoul, uh, South Korea, there is is not too far from the DMZ, and we've got thirty thousand troops there. If he yeah. goes running over it with his, what is it? Uh, Two million, Two million men army, yeah. I mean, 30,000 yeah, people aren't stopping him. 
No, and the, those American soldiers would be cut down pretty quickly. I'm sure that they would fight bravely, you know, and die heroically, but I don't think 30,000, I thought it was 15, but even if it's 30, can stand against a two-million-man army if they decide to go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we can't let 30,000 American soldiers get butchered. No. Um, so, you know, while we're at it, since we're retaliating, we will take out what we know of their nuclear facilities. And the only question is, will we drop a nuke on them? Oh, I would think not. Yeah, I, I kind of think so, too. Did you see the thing about the guy from North Korea who's been uh, on TV talking about the camp that he was in? No, I missed that. Uh, I saw it on Anderson Cooper, and he was talking about being born in one of these North Korean concentration camps. Wow where they provide three generations of punishment. Whoa, really? Yeah, so if, yeah, if uh, they caught his grandfather doing something, so they punished his father. No, maybe they caught his father and they punished his grandfather. But and I was going to say, and, and, well, but that's not the case because he was actually born in the camp. He had never lived anywhere except in this concentration camp. And they gave him only like one bowl of gruel, you know, like cornmeal Mm -hmm. or something really thin and and non-sufficient. That might be what normal people get there, though, from what I understand. (laughs) Well, this was, uh, the impression that I got was this was less than what the normal people get. And yes, they don't don't eat any protein and the, the, the average North Korean is nearly starving. Anyway, this poor bastard ended up uh, trying to make an escape plan, and they have all these spies and and infiltrators, and he ended up giving up his mother and his brother, and he watched them be executed. Wow. And one day he and this other guy were walking in this field near the fence, and they decided to make a run for it after they talked to some... I forget how how he encountered someone who had been to Seoul, and... uh, and he heard about what, you know, because he had, he had no idea that the world was anything other than this camp. And the other guy fell on this barbed wire fence, and this guy climbed over his body and began, you know, a thousand-mile journey through China and ended up in South Korea. And, and you know, he's telling this story about these incredibly horrible conditions. Uh, he traveled through China to get to South Korea. <laughs> he did. He went, well, he didn't, he didn't know. Well, first, he... He, he got to the border. He, this camp happened to be near the border, and he, he ended up going northwest to get south, yes. They, they showed, you know, how the line goes along on the map. They showed his journey, and it was like a big sea. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he got out, and now he's living in South, south Korea. I almost said South Carolina. <laughs> no, not quite. Well, that's, that's very strange. Yeah, and anyway, they have these concentration camps where they... They keep three generations of people. Wow! Didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. You were so, um, you were gonna mention something about baseball. I was. I just wanted to know your opinion about um, the brawl that happened last night. Well, I didn't see it. Tell me. Well, Zach Granke. I think it was the seventh inning, pitching against. Oh, geez, I want to say Milwaukee. I'm not sure, and I can't remember the guy who he hit, but it was like seventh inning 
one run game, three two pitch. He hits this guy in the shoulder. Um, I think they said two outs as well. It's like really not a one run game, not a circumstance where you know you're going to bean somebody. And uh, the guy looks at him, kind of stares out to the mound, and Granky said something we don't know what. And the guy charges him out. Now, Granky's just signed for $170 million. Yeah, good. 140 Good change, something. yeah. Yeah. And the guy charges him out, and Granky puts his shoulder down to sort of take the charge and breaks his collarbone. Oh, man. Really? And he's out for eight weeks. Oh, yeah. And um, I don't know if you had seen it, if you had an opinion on it. Well, I hadn't watched it, uh, but obviously charging the mound is not uh, acceptable. I don't know what to say. Uh, that's pretty unfortunate, and I don't know what you can do to legislate against it other than what they normally do here. I mean, yeah. can you can you legitimately say the price of the person's contract is uh, a factor? Um, Probably not. But uh, there was – Don Mattingly said we want – Carlos, I want to say Carlos Martinez, Carlos Ruiz. can't remember the guy's name now, but we would like him to be suspended for as long as Granky is out. Well, that's that's something I've often thought is an interesting idea. Well, and that's why I brought it up, because I thought that, that you had said that at one point. And I like the idea, mm-hmm. personally, particularly in a, in a case where the injury didn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. Not only was it, uh, you know, he didn't have to have a brawl, but even in baseball terms, there are sort of... The unwritten rules. Right. And and you don't mean somebody, you know, on a 3-2 count with two outs. It's just, you don't you don't do that with a one-run lead, no. you know? It's... it's uh, what, it, was he uh, hug, um, hugging the plate there? Yeah. Well, they said that... that He's diving, and and they said, and you know, you could see it. It was up and in. It was the kind of thing where you lean back, and uh, you know, he took it in the shoulder. Took took it, you know, in a pretty meaty place. Now they did say it was the third time in his career that Granky had had been this guy. I wish I could tell you what his name was. Quentin Carlos Quentin is who it was. Granky bends down to absorb the blow. Like he wanted to flip him over, but he's kind of skinny and mm-hmm. Quentin's kind of muscular and yeah, those batters, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just different sizes. But anyway, uh, Granky, who got a new contract for somewhere's around one hundred and forty, hundred seventy million dollars. Mm, wow. So the question is, well, there's, it's two. It's two points. The first is a point, which is. How do you, as a baseball player, know what you and I, as baseball fans, know is the unwritten rule? You, you don't put the tying or winning run on base with a beanball, also unwritten. Mm-hmm. You don't bean somebody on a 3-2 pitch. No. Uh, at least it was a fastball. You don't, so. you, you, don't, you don't put the winning run on or tying run on. So it, it sounds like it was unintentional, but was there bad blood between them? Well, it turns out... This is the third time Grinky has hit Quentin. Uh, I don't know how often they faced each other. Granky just looked like he just, you know, he was just standing there, like 
he said something. It might have been, hey, I don't know, or it might have been, you know, go to first. It, it, uh-huh. it, there were no gestures with it. And Quentin charged the mound, and he broke Granky. And Don Mattingly said, I would like Quentin to be suspended for as long as Granky was broken. And so I wanted your take on that. Well, I, I think I like that idea, actually. I mean, it does bring up some uh, interesting things, like uh, can you uh, have a star, you know, suspended for a long period of time as opposed to a, a part-time player, and does that encourage you to have your part-time player go out and beat somebody up? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I've thought about it. I think you were the first one that, that I heard make that suggestion. And uh, I thought about it in hockey quite a bit mm-hmm. because, you know, they have fighting. And uh, my Islanders, they have a, a guy who's a, a legitimate hockey player. He's a tough guy. He's pretty big. And, you know, he knocked a guy down the other day. And another guy came over and sort of got in his face. But this guy who came over, and I can't tell you who it was, was a more of an offensive player than a fighter. Mm -hmm. And so my guy fought him and he tagged him (laughs) and the guy went down like a rock. And my guy immediately waved for the trainer, for the other team to come out on the ice because he put him out cold. But, you know, the guy was a scorer and it brought up the question again, you know, how suppose he had suppose it was Sidney Crosby and and you took a punch at Sidney Crosby and you you put him down for the rest of the year. Well, I th- I think that uh, you need to be pretty tough with these type of things. It it sets a bad example for kids and um, you know these these ball players and hockey players are heroes and I don't know you know I don't like them doing uh, unsportsmanlike things like that and I know passion and all this but you're an adult and um, I was, I was reminded today as I was driving to, uh, the hardware store and they were talking a little bit about this on the radio. I didn't know about sitting exactly, right? but I was talking to my son and I said, do you remember back when you were in farm team, which is just below little league? Well, they don't, they don't have any money. So they have parents be the umpires. <laughs> right. So I'm umpiring a game for my son's team and, uh, one of the opposing uh, players uh, was complaining about, uh, you know, uh, the umpiring, not the umpiring that uh, the pitcher was pitching too close to him. And he was actually pitching strikes and he was doing inside of the plate stuff and they're kids. So they're not right. tremendous right. about it, but there was nothing going on. And uh, he takes an inside pitch, you know, about belt high and yeah. starts charging the mound with the bat in his hand in two hands wow. at him. And I, I took about five steps and grabbed the kid by the collar, <laughs> right? Right. And I made the "you're out of here" sign. Yeah. <laughs> and threw the kid out of the game in uh, farm team baseball, and everybody was like shocked. You know, the the opposing coach comes over and what was what's going on? I said he's charging the mound with the bat. I threw him out. Okay, so we'll put just put another person up. I said you had to take his bat, but he doesn't play again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was just shocked. <laughs> Didn't understand out of the out game. Out of the game, you know. So it was, uh, I, I don't think that's a, a, a very good thing to do, charging the mound. So I'd, I'd be in no. favor of uh, 
a penalty like that that he can't play until the other guy plays. Yeah, I would too. I don't think it'll ever happen. But, but anyway, I was, I, wondering, like, I was always wondering about football too, why they don't have a penalty where they throw people out for a certain number of plays. That's interesting. They only can throw them out of the game or not throw them out of the game. What if you yeah. took two guys that were fighting and say you can't play for four downs or something? Mm, yeah. You know, I think you and I have both agreed at one time or another that football fights are the stupidest of fights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I've come to the conclusion, and I think, again, it was you probably who said it first, that what they should do is go back to leather helmets. Well, that'd be interesting. I really don't think that they would do the spearing and headbutting and, and the, the damage to the brain that they're doing now if they weren't protected by these tanks that they put on top of their heads. <laughs> it's a pretty complex thing. I'm not sure if I, I agree that if you watch rugby players, yeah, I, I was in England for a long time, and I could stand rugby. So, oh yeah, I, I watched a lot of rugby, and they don't have helmets, and they're it's a pretty brutal game. And Australian rules football, that's a pretty brutal right. game, and they don't wear helmets. So I don't know, it could be. Yeah, no hats, no head injuries. You know, I think there's a correlation. Hockey put made people wear helmets, and the concussions went up. Of course, they also had goaltenders playing without masks in my lifetime, which is really insane. I thought but a lot they, of they that helmet have... stuff was for uh, your head hitting the ice, though, right? Yeah, but I think there's more concussions now yeah. than there used to be. And, and I think part of it may be the speed of the game and you get sort of whipsawed. And, you know, you, you catch somebody's shoulder on your chin you know, if you're going across the blue line with your head down, which is sort of the, the classic hockey cliche, and somebody pops you one, <laughs> you, can, you can get knocked out cold. And then it doesn't matter whether you're wearing your hat or not. I, although probably it helps your head if you... When you fall to the uh, ice and hit the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen anyone bleeding from the middle of their skull. That's that's a good thing. Although I'm yeah. not sure it's uh, if hockey fans are upset about that or not. <laughs> well... There is a debate. It's it's mostly in the direction of you can't uh, you can't change the game about whether or not there should be fighting in a game. Most hockey fans think there should. I would like to see it gotten rid of. Although I will concede that it will fundamentally change the game. You know, every team has a goon, or at least has a goon stationed in in their minor league team, where they can you know go get them. If, if they feel like they need to beat someone up. That's... <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. uh, I, I would I would agree with you, but you got to admit that it uh, attracts uh, attention. We're talking about a baseball brawl, right? We are. We are. So speak, you know, the kind of... speaking of blood and yeah. uh, uh, stuff, well, how, do you see that NCAA... Uh, uh, Midwest regional final where the guy broke his leg. No, but <laughs> it, it's one of those things. I've never seen Joe Theismann break his leg either. Uh -huh. Once people say, this is so gross. You don't want to look at it. I don't look at it. Yeah. This was worse than Joe Theismann. Yeah. Well, I've seen a couple of NFL plays that I'll never forget. I don't like to see bones coming through the skin. And I heard this was that. Yes, this was that, uh, I heard I heard Robin Yount sliding into home uh, was one of those scenes that you don't want to see. 
So, do you think that they ought to show all the replays on TV? I would say no. Uh, you know, maybe one or two at the most, just and say, look, this one might make you sick. I think, you know, some people are sensitive to these things, and, and it can have a traumatic effect, particularly on kids. My problem is that I'm a visual person, and once I see something gross, like that scene in the movie Misery, I'll never forget it. It made me wonder about uh, these kids that are uh, generating millions of dollars not getting paid, too. I mean, that kid could easily have lost his whole career. Well, and how many college football players do? Yeah. You know, how many knees go in, in college football? How many brain, how many concussions? And knees in football, yeah, right. Um, um, and, and they're saying that, well, you're getting a college education for it. And for some people, you know, that's a valuable thing. Oh, you know, they're not on the hook to bring the injured player back to finish his degree. And they should. They should be, I think, yes. You get it. You get it. If you're there on an athletic scholarship and you have an athletic career-ending injury, you should at least be able to go to college for free. You know, that seems entirely reasonable to me. They can find a, a chair for you in psych you know, 304, mm-hmm. you can, you can get your degree. They should absolutely have an obligation to help the kid finish their degree. Well, it's just, uh, one of those things again, that, uh, the paying players is, a, I think a topic that isn't going to go away. I heard someone saying years ago that college is lost. What worries me is high school. When are we going to start? broadcasting high school games and what's that going to do to the kids and around here now i know they're broadcasting high school games i'm sure the further south you go oh i know they do yeah you know and and those kids are selling beer and those kids are selling chevrolets and what are they getting for it well i don't think they get anything obviously i I don't think they do and I, i and not i'm not trying to hang that on you but you know, I think. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are profiting off of high school kids. Now they're having TV shows for high school kids to sign for colleges well, for football. It's like the South Park episode about cracked baby basketball, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, we're we're exploiting our children, and it's another thing that pisses me off. It's it's entertainers for free, yeah. 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 What else do I have here? I, I have the thing about North Korea, but we already talked about North Korea. Yeah. I I have these other links that I made that don't seem to be opening, didn't open the correct web pages I wanted. Well, I was wondering, uh, uh, would you like to talk about the uh, Obama budget and the uh, the CPI uh, um, adjustment to Social Security? Oh yeah. A, a big, big concession, as it turns out, it's called chained mm-hmm. CPI, and and I had to read that before I could understand what the people say mm-hmm. because the insiders all talk about it like it's chained CPI, and it means that they're going to attach the cost of living adjustments in Social Security to the consumer price index, which they do already. They have a, a an adjustment. But this is a different adjustment. It uh, there's several kinds of uh, CPI. Okay. 
actually. Okay. And um, I didn't know that. The CPI that we use is uh, for this is the CPIW, which stands for worker for some reason. <laughs> Okay, and, as opposed to the CPIR for rich bastard? <laughs> that would be good, but there, there's another one. Uh, I don't remember what it it's, uh, stands for, but it, it, it's CPIU, and I don't know what the U is for. But I was just going to say CPIU for unearned income. Um, I don't know. So, But think about that term for a second. Unearned income. The richest of the rich get it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, we get it, but we just don't get in uh, any <laughs> anywhere near to to worry about it. Uh, but uh, the the point of it is is that it takes in the change CPI takes into account people making switches. If beef goes up real high, people switch and eat more pork and chicken. Oh, so they they can afford to live on less because they'll eat. They'll make a switch chicken. if ap apples get real expensive. They'll eat oranges instead. Oh, uh, interesting. Okay, so it, it tries to do something like that where you would make substitutes based on uh, the the, pri uh, the prices of things. Mm -hmm. And it, okay. generally speaking, a lower inflationary rate than the regular CPI or CPIW. Okay. And the effect, it, of course, is that the person getting Social Security when they have their cost of living adjustment every year would get right. smaller increase and that right that has uh liberals slash progressives pretty upset uh, the republicans are having trouble on i mean you don't want to come out against the third rail kind of thing and they're gonna it which is exactly what we said would happen if if the democrats proposed any of these things they'll go how dare they touch social security <laughs> well and and i was watching morning go when they started talking about this and I can't remember the guy's name, but it was a, a Republican in the House, I think a member of the Budget Committee, a conservative, who came out and attacked Obama from the left, saying, how could he do this to these seniors? And Morning Joe, God bless him, went off on him. And he said, clearly the president, he said something to the effect, clearly the president is giving on this. This is a concession from the left to the right, about taking money away from Social Security. And it took some courage. This is basically what he said. And and you ought to shut up about, you know, attacking him from the left. He's going to get it from the left from his own party. Besides, the Republicans are going to say, you know, he, he wants to raise taxes and attack him from the right, too. And uh, I just thought it was, it was worth commenting that Joe Scarborough said, this is something the Republicans ought to acknowledge as a concession from the president. Yeah, and, and that doesn't seem to be what's happening right now. But Well, of course not, because you and I know that this Republican House simply won't give on anything, or at least the Tea Party faction of it. In fact, Mr. Boehner said something to the effect, uh, oh, they asked him about the Hastert rule, and will he require... Oh, I think this was about guns. Yeah. A majority of the majority. And he said there is no Hastert rule. Basically, he said, I'm going to do what I want. You know, he's tired of hearing about the Hastert rule. Poor Boehner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, talk about rocking a hard place. Really? Yeah, I'd like to be at their caucuses. It must be pr pretty interesting. Well, here's a chance to show leadership. 
Yeah. I, I, I think he's trying to finesse it a little too much. I, I don't know. We're all pretty jaded at this point with the whole process, so I don't know what yeah. will come out of it. But it, it did seem to be a concession. And I think uh, Obama made it pretty clear that uh, you don't get to just take this and ignore the rest. Right. This is coming with taxes increase. Mm-hmm. And, and you and I have looked at recently a, an Internet little video that's gone around about the wealth disparity. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what people perceive as the way wealth is distributed in this country, which is basically some at the top, not enough at the bottom and enough in the middle, which they roughly divided into five segments. And, and what it really is, is a huge amount at the top, nothing at the bottom, and not enough in the middle. Yeah, it, it was way out of whack to what I thought it was. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, is everybody's perception is that we have an idea of fundamental fairness. I think it's a human thing. And most people, including myself, will consider themselves in the middle class. I took a survey the other day, and I checked my salary, and it was in the bottom group. Mm-hmm. You know, I am what they call the working poor. Yeah. And I have a somewhat technical job at a manufacturing facility. You'd, you'd think I could acquire middle class. you have some tenure there. I've been there for 13 years. I have a college degree, although it's not in my field. You would think that I might be able to afford my life and it really isn't the case mm-hmm. if i make one or two thousand dollars more a year i get to go in the next tax bracket well but you should you know <laughs> make a couple <laughs> thousand more it's like i like i tell my friends who complain about it I says well you know uh, if you don't like your tax bracket uh, uh get a job that doesn't pay as much <laughs> <laughs> i think it was you that said most people believe in a graduated income tax mm-hmm. because if you ask them if, if they think the poor should pay the same rate as the middle class they say no if you think the poor should pay the same rate as the rich people most people say no so if if you don't charge the poorest of the poor any income tax then you have a graduated tax bracket you have at least two brackets mm-hmm. this is your argument Oh, yeah. Well, I I happen to agree with it. I mean, if you have uh, somebody who is at poverty level, taxing them is a disincentive to working because if they're taxed too much, then they're not going to try to work. Right. For one thing. I mean, if you want to look at it just the selfish way. Yeah. Yeah. For the good of the country. But that gets back to the whole notion of, of whether or not we should do anything to take care of our brothers and sisters in our own nation. You and I think we should. Another thing in the budget was $100 million for NASA to study capturing an asteroid and bringing it into lunar orbit. Oh, and Fox News had a blast with that one. (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) Yes. But, yes, uh, it sounds stupid. It it, it sounds, you know, space gaga. I liked it. Are you kidding me? Well, I like it, too. (laughs) We we just were just missed by a big rock uh-huh. in January. Two big rocks. And the, but one, well, one, one of them, one of them kind of hit us. us. Yeah. So, Mr. Obama put, I think it was a hundred million dollars. Yep. Okay, so nothing, mm-hmm. nothing, it's, zero. It's just the study part. <laughs> yeah, but oh, and, and did you hear? I heard this. I thought it was a really cool fact. 
that one of the ways we could change the trajectory of one of these asteroids is by painting it. Oh, really? Yeah, just just the radiation, the solar wind, I guess, would, you know, if you heat it up, it would push it to some small degree yeah. out of its orbit. That makes sense. Yeah, I thought that was very cool. Because, you know, you, you think Bruce Willis is going to get up there yeah. with a <laughs> nuclear weapon and blow it up. But no, he's going to go up there and paint it white. <laughs> well, so our budget process is uh, is grinding along. Hopefully this year they'll supply a budget and we can avoid this sequesters and shutting down the governments and, and all yeah. this stuff. I have I, I I know you have a list and I want to get to it and I just found another list that I have that and another thing that I have so I I want to move along if we can shoot you want to hear the list of the 25 least visited countries in the world okay I'll try to be quick about New it New Jersey <laughs> oh wait countries you said okay yeah. Dominica we don't know what that is. Number 24 on the list, Chad. Okay. So, Ever so since Jeremy. Wars and stuff kind of messed all yeah. up. 71,000 people visit Chad every year. <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what countries are around Chad. No, I don't either. Um, Central African Republic has 54,000 tourists. I don't know what's wrong with Central African Republic, but if, if only 54,000 people go, I don't want to go. <laughs> The next one, number 22, is interesting. Liechtenstein has only 53,000 tourists a year. It's a pretty small place, isn't it? It's really tiny. This guy, I probably should give you the name of the blog. It's gafors.com, G-A-F-O-R-S, just a travel writer. And he says, why you may still want to visit. This is amazing mountains that are great for skiing and hiking. What else? Don't stay too long or you may go bored. This country is tiny. Uh, number 21 on, on my list is probably my favorite name of a country ever. Want to take a guess? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Djibouti. Oh, really? There's a country named yeah. Djibouti? Yeah. I thought I knew a little bit of geography, and I didn't know that. Where is Djibouti? Where is Djibouti? <laughs> and yeah. Take that the wrong way. <laughs> I think Frank Zappa once did a, a an album or a song called Chic Djibouti. It's 157 meters below sea level someplace in Africa. Oh, that'd be it's a the reason lowest... for not going there. <laughs> it's probably friggin' hot. <laughs> it's below sea level. Yes. Um, Sierra Leone is on our list. Okay. We, can, we know why we don't want to go to Sierra Leone. Mm -hmm. Ever heard of Tonga? It's an African country, but I don't know much about it. Nope, it's located in the middle of the Pacific. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, a Pacific island, duh. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the last absolute monarchies in the world, and the Tongan feasts are famous, so that's a good reason to go there. But they've got, like, one airline. Uh, East Timor is number 18 on your list of places you don't want to go. Mm -hmm. It's like civil wars there. Bhutan is number 17. You have to get a visa or something. I don't know why. You, who cares about Bhutan? Number 16, and this is this is going to be a surprise. Number 16 with a bullet, least likely to be traveled to country in the world, is North Korea. <laughs> and one of his questions is, why so few? 
and underneath that he writes, do I really have to answer this? I thought there'd be less, actually. Yeah, well, we figured that North Korea would probably be first or second on the list of places yeah. you don't want to go. <laughs> who, who goes and visits North Korea? South Koreans, I guess. Yeah, there you go. 35,000 tourists. Probably 34,000 are from South Korea, and the other 1,000 are CIA. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, number 15 on the list is Libya. We know why people don't want to go to Libya. Uh -huh. that, that may actually be getting better. Probably soon. not any time near. Yeah. Guinea-Bissau is number 14 on the list. It's a country with relatively poor infrastructure. It's not well connected by Western Airlines. Okay. Enough said. Number 13 on the list is Mauritania. Uh, why so few? Reputation has it that Mauritania has only sand and nomads. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there you go. 12 is Federated States of Micronesia. Why so few? It's far off and not very well known. Number 11, Solomon Islands. Well, those, You've heard those of I've heard of, yeah. Yeah, and any place where the Americans went and blew shit up generally ends up being pretty touristy afterwards. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's really far away and not too big. They don't have a, Number 10. No Burger King. On, no Burger King. Number 10 on the list of, of countries most people don't go to is Afghanistan. And he says, why so few? Do you need to ask? <laughs> <laughs> he has two answers. There's war and the Taliban is in it. And it also yeah. is a pretty sucky country, too. Sorry. I mean, you it's, got, it's got, desert and mountains and... Poppy seeds. Well, I guess that could be a reason to go, but... <laughs> it's desert mountains. <laughs> you know, who has desert mountains? They don't even have sand. I mean, Alexander the Great didn't even want it, you know? Right. Yeah, you can have it back. Um, number nine is a country called Comoros. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> why so few? The guidebooks say that the islands are infected by malaria-carrying mosquitoes. Okay. A good safety tip. <laughs> there you go. This this is actual useful advice. Now, I admittedly we're stealing it from gafors.com, but brought to you by Eight Minutes on High. Uh, number eight on the list is Sao Tome and Principe. Uh, it's eight thousand tourists. Why so few? It take might take a while to get there, and it's so remote that you are more or less guaranteed peace. So you know, it could be worse. Could be I guess. worse. Number seven, Turkmenistan. The country is reputed to be the second craziest in the world. <laughs> I don't know how you judge huh, that. Really? Yeah, after only North Korea. <laughs> oh, you're he in says, good company if you're with North Korea. <laughs> yes. He says, why you may still want to visit? Crazy is fun. And all the police officers make you feel very safe. <laughs> all right. What else? What else can you find in Turkmenistan? The door to hell. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the nickname of a burning crater in the Darvaza Valley. So you know, <laughs> other than the door to hell, the door to hell, there's not much. To you see. know, I might have seen that on uh, Discovery Channel. They were doing a thing on uh, six places where there's supposed to be a gateway to hell. I bet you that was in it. Got any more of those six off the top of your head? No, one was in Australia though. It was some kind of a black pile of rock mountains i i didn't huh? it real closely because i didn't care but <laughs> when the australian one came up it was kind of interesting australia i'll have to look that up <laughs> yeah we're gonna get back to australia in just a minute okay uh equatorial guinea 
is next. Uh, we don't care. The Marshall Islands are nice, but they're tiny. There's a, a place called Kuribati, and the reason people don't go there is nobody's heard of it. Next on the list is Tuvalu. Uh, the same applies. Nobody's heard of it. The next on the list, Somalia. Did you know Somalia has 500 tourists a year? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. And they have a picture How of How do they Somali- count them? I, I mean, really? Uh, it says right here, estimated based on news articles. Oh, okay. I did. They're not, they're not actually counting, counting passports or anything. Yeah, something like that. And the number one country to not visit is someplace called Nauru with only 200 tourists a year. And it says Nauru is a tiny island nation in the Pacific, the smallest republic in the world. Covers only 21 square kilometers, and there's also almost nothing to see there, as most of the island is a large open phosphate mine. Oh, there's a big plus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fly halfway across the world to see phosphate. Oh, my goodness. So, anyway, I. I, I guess it's that better than New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> you almost killed me on that one. Sorry about that. <laughs> um. <laughs> I give you, you have a... give you a little geography thing here. You were mentioning <laughs> okay. uh, Liechtenstein. Yeah. Do you know what the next smallest country? <laughs> I'm not sure which of these two are smaller, but uh, the next smallest country in uh, Europe, and we think we know Europe pretty well. I know. <clears throat> I know. It's Andorra. Ah, you son of a gun. Yes. <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe it. There's a little country between France and Spain. And going, Spain. Really. Yeah, <laughs> there it is, and it doesn't make your list of touristy things because they get like eleven million tourists a year. Yeah, because people just like crossing the Pyrenees say, "Holy smokes, there's a there's a country there." Yeah, that was pretty neat. Uh, we were uh, almost uh, got a chance to go there on one of my trips to France. We were going to take a day off. We thought it's. Cool. I, I hear it's beautiful. Yeah, it's supposed to be very nice and um, pretty comfortable. You know, and like wealth and. Mm-hmm. Touristy, not a, not a lot of Taliban mm-hmm. live in Andorra. No, that's absolutely true. <laughs> well, there you go. You're All right. a pretty good geographer there. Well, <laughs> I have the kind of brain, as your sister once said, that pigeonholes useless information. <laughs> well, on that, I think it's time to play the music. If you can grab a circle in your hands and twist it, that's an eight. 